Hey guys, and welcome to the Vocare Podcast. Um, this week, I have one of my best friends. Um, he's an artist and musician, a singer-songwriter, um, and he is on the phone with me right now. His name is Travis Estes. Say hello, Travis. Hello. Hey, that was, was good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's normally how a phone call starts off, but... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How are you, actually? How are you doing? How are you doing? How am I? You know what, man? I'm super normal. I feel like everyone is, everyone's holed up in their house right now and they're all adjusting to that. They're all trying to figure out like, you know, how to spend two weeks with your loved ones without killing each other, like what they're going to do for work. And, um, my life has not changed that much because <laughs> I work from home and I work with my wife anyway. Yeah. So our only dilemma now is, uh, going, you know, leaving the house is like dealing with the grocery store, but you know, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's not so, that for you. I'm, I feel like I'm doing better than most people. I feel kind of guilty about that, but that's where I am. Yeah, I don't think you should. I'm actually struggling a little bit, and I'm I'm actually hesitant to say this because I've been complaining about it secretly to my wife all weekend. Um, <laughs> is that? And I even told her I was like, you know what? Had I known this was going to come, <clears throat> had I had like a you know fortune teller tell me this is what's going to happen in the future, um, we literally talked about this today. I was like, I may have, and if it was going to last for like a long time, say you're like four months, you got to be in the house quarantine. Yeah. I, told her, I might actually have changed my career path just so I could work from home because, um, not to be like, I'm upset, but I'm, I'm still working, but I don't work at home. So I'm still going out and working. Um, cause I'm yeah. a contractor. <clears throat> now there may come a day like tomorrow where I might have to not work anymore, but I can't work from home being, con I can't build your porch, um, via my house. And so that scares me. But at the same time, yeah. the idea of working from home, be like, Oh, I can't go to the office anymore. I don't get to socialize around the water cooler. You know, screw that dude. I would love, absolutely love to work from home. And had I known this was going to happen, I may have changed my career just to know that in the future <laughs> I could work from home. Um, I mean, you have the skills. You technically, you could work from home. You could just like build furniture and stuff for people. I could. And technically I could. Yeah. It, that's if anybody's buying furniture in the middle oh, of the Oh, they definitely session. are. They're, they're no literally all chilling at their house. Yeah. Well, that was like the other, my, that was the other thing someone said. They were like, now's the time to make, I don't know if it was you or somebody else, but like, now's the time to make art because people are just staring at their walls. Was that you? That you absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's, all fine, except for uh, the mo the majority of people I know got laid off or have like a pay decrease. I don't know. Maybe I guess if you're sitting, how often do you spend on Amazon um, now? Well, I guess you're a terrible person to ask because you're always at home. Um, how how often do you think people are spending on Amazon now that they're at home? Do you think people are just like compulsive buying that they can't go to the mall? They're like, I got to buy well, a bunch of stuff online now. I'll tell you this, man. I. Uh I put two guitar pedals up on reverb, uh, like two weeks ago before everyone was like in their house yeah. and like nobody wanted them. And I sold both of them like the other day within the quarantine. And yeah. <laughs> during the quarantine. I think that people are like, they're super bored. Like, yeah, I mean, they're definitely like worried about their money or whatever, but they're also like just trying to stay sane. And so everybody kind of adapts to that differently. Apparently these two guys wanted new guitar pedals cause they're at home all day. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that and makes like, sense. Like, even, like, I know that I just said a second ago I'm always home or whatever. But, and that's true for me, but that's not true for my wife because even though we can work from home, she's, like, super extroverted. So she leaves the house. She has, like, a co-working space yeah. and everything. And she's been, um, 
she's been like stuck at home and she's literally like mm-hmm. been looking at like buying um furniture for our balcony so she can sit outside oh gotcha and you know what i mean and so she's like it's definitely happening like people are definitely still buying some stuff you know well i mean it's one thing well furniture makes sense i mean yeah i guess furniture kind of falls into the art category so people might be buying art online uh, i'm not sure uh i haven't seen anything but i don't really push my stuff online that whole a whole whole bunch um yeah. But yeah, maybe. I assume like if you're stuck at home and you had nothing to do, you're, you're going to spend time on like Amazon and Etsy and stuff like that buying things. Buying a guitar pedal is one thing cuz it's something to help you create your craft. But I don't I don't I don't know. Maybe people are like, oh, "Well, I'm at home. I'm going to redecorate." And they just want to buy art. I don't know. I know. I know <clears throat> on on maybe a Friday, like Bandcamp did a thing where they were like, "Listen, whatever you buy from from our platform it's all going to just go to the artists oh that's cool and and people just like really wanted to support the artists that they really like because they know that art is having a hard time right now and yeah. so i saw a bunch of artists being like being like guys this was amazing like all of you the people that came through to support what we're doing we made so much money like it makes us feel so you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. so like people are looking to even support people that they like really like too and, and so, huh. you know, I'm, I don't think that, I mean, obviously it's like crappy to like take advantage of the fact that everyone's having a bad time, but at the same time, you know, um, if you can, if you can like mutually help each other out, then that's pretty good. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, no, so. <laughs> I agree. I saw this thing online, um, recently where they were like, Hey, while you're at home, binge watching all your TV shows, listening to all your records and um, looking at all these yeah. things to keep yourself sane, um, just remember, in the quarantine, the artists kept you sane. Like, it's the artists that, that keep you going. It's not, I That's mean, true. on That's top true. of, like, yeah. people at the grocery stores and, like, all the essential workers. Um, but there is a ton of art being consumed as of now because you can't really go outside, can't really socialize, so a lot of people are just kind of yeah. consuming art. Um, as far as visual art where I stand, like where I'm in, uh, I can see it not being... Like it's just to me. If, if I was in a quarantine, I guess I, I I'm, I'm different. It's hard to ask because I'm not an art buyer that much because I make it. So if I'm like I got a bare wall, what am I gonna do with them? Like, well, make some art and put it up there. Um, I don't think right, I'm buying right. art. And then I think of like recession time. I'm like I don't know if people are spending money on art, much less toilet paper. Like they're buying all the toilet paper. They're not buying art. You know that's that's my thought. It's like they're they're buying necessities and art's not something people deem necess- like a, a necessity. So I don't know. I could be totally wrong though. I should really start putting pushing my stuff online. <laughs> you we're you really it. should though, because I mean, man, you don't need like everybody to buy your art. You just need like a few people, and no, a true. few people, a few people already have toilet paper. Like I don't know who, I don't know who bought it all, but somebody either. did. I don't and know those what people, happened. <laughs> I have no idea Dude, what happened. I I went to uh, I went to Target one day. I remember I was on the phone um, with uh, our buddy Michael, and I w- I had to buy toilet paper because we were just out. Yeah, you know. And I noticed that the shelves were pretty empty, except for um, except for like the a few ones. And so I was like, well, I might as well just buy some since I'm here. Yeah. You know, I don't want to have to leave tomorrow and like come back to the store or whatever. So I bought this like thing. And I was like, really, I didn't, I wanted somehow to tell everyone who saw me buying it. Like, I'm not doing this as like a jerk. Like I legit Legit don't have any at home, you know? 
Um, but anyway, so I just bought it. And then like the next day, apparently it was impossible to find some. And yeah. so I was like, so I got like lucked out because I was one of those people who was like, you know, people freaked out today, tomorrow it'll be back. Like whatever. Yeah. And that was, but I went to Walgreens too. today. I went to Walgreens today cause I had to buy apparently Sour Patch Kids and, um, that's Essentials. A, a necess- <laughs> it's an essential in my house and they still didn't have toilet paper there. Yeah, dude, I don't know what it is. Like we went to we went to Walmart and uh we just happened to walk by as they were restocking the toilet paper. And I, and we were like, "Well, we got to get some. This is like a four-pack or at least or I think it was a six-pack." Yeah. I was like, "Get that." Because just me and my wife, like that'll last us at least 3 weeks. Um and that's if we have a really bad time. And so <laughs> I was like, "Just get a pack." But we didn't have. We had like four rolls of toilet paper. Uh, no, less than that. We had like two rolls of toilet paper and I was like, "What what happened?" Cuz it's been like two weeks that there's been no toilet paper. I'm like, who keeps buying all of it? Because all the people who didn't prep and didn't like prepare and didn't freak out, um, we're getting to the point where now we're, we actually are running out of toilet paper. <laughs> like we got, we need some, we don't need a lot. Just six rolls work, you know, like let's get that. <laughs> and so, yeah. I don't know what the toilet paper thing is. Um, paper towels came in a little bit earlier and that's something we run out a lot. Like we use a lot of paper towels. And so, um, man, so we picked up like, Four rolls, we normally get two a week. We just got four just in case because you never know. Like, people are, are addicted to toilet paper and paper towels and stuff. They're addicted to toilet They really, I, mean, I don't know if it's like a, it's a safety, like it's, it's some kind of an anxiety reliever. Like, it's just, you know, it's just like some medication. You just got to get some toilet paper. I feel good. Well, I feel good. well, listen, okay. You and I have been roommates before. Mm-hmm. And we didn't always have toilet paper. No. I tried to tell you know what I mean? this the other day. I was like, how come all the toilet paper is gone, but all the coffee filters are fully stocked? All the coffee filters, plenty of coffee filters. I'm I, saying anything works. I know. You know, the, <laughs> I'm not saying it's ideal, but people survive for a long time without it. It'll be fine. Like, yeah, it's kind of gross. I told, uh, I told somebody the other day, I guess it was before this whole thing when people were like worried about it. And, you know, like we both... Sometimes, most of the time, this works in our favor, but yeah, did me, not in this case. Me and you. We both have the attitude of yeah. it'll be fine, like whatever. Yeah. Um, and so this one lady was, this one lady at church, she was like really concerned that she wasn't going to have toilet paper. And in retrospect, I should have thought about it because she has like kids and stuff. Yeah. It's like a lot more important. But I was like, uh, I was like, look, it's not going to be that bad. Like, even if you don't have toilet paper, just like take a shower or something it. like it'll be fine. And, uh, <laughs> and true, she though. looked at it's me so like, true. it's so true. She looked at me like she was horrified oh my and God. so horrified that I thought like, wait a minute, am I a gross person? Oh, you are dude. No, like I just... had that thought of like, am I gross? <laughs> You've just been through times where it was just, you didn't have toilet paper because they were sold out. You had to, you didn't have toilet paper because you couldn't afford any. And that's, that's, a that difference. is definitely true. We've and been so, there. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's kind of, <laughs> We've lived a different life than most people. I don't know if you've you've known that, but we we've had like areas of our life that uh, are definitely different than the status quo. Not saying that we were like ultra poor. Sometimes we didn't have toilet paper because we were too lazy to go get it, um, and I couldn't just like uh, accidentally take a roll from Chili's or something while I was working there or something like that. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. we were, we, we lived on the edge. We were super cool. Cause we were super edgy, but we did live. Well, um, well we were super broke. That's true. Mm-hmm. We were yeah. super broke. Um, but we also, um, we were like also just 
single dudes and that's a whole yeah. different life. Yeah. And, I agree. and we also lived in the middle of nowhere, which is, I didn't realize it at the time. It felt like we lived like right outside of town. But now that like, you know, you live in Albany now and yeah. like I live in Austin, like it took me 30 seconds to go by Sour Patch Kids today. But, but if it was like midnight, at our place and we needed toilet paper we'd have to drive 20 miles oh yeah there was like a 30 minute trip there and then a 30 minute trip back. i, I wasn't gonna do that oh no you know what i mean no coffee filters and so it, was, it was a whole yeah. different life and we just kind of like we just kind of like well this is our life now yeah. <laughs> you know yeah i've got stories so, on stories that i bring up about our water heater busting and us not having water and having um you know just Kind of living outdoors while living indoors, that kind of thing. As so. going as going through an entire winter without a window. Yeah, that happened. Um, you know, no big deal. Just, just you know, things that civilized people do. Looking back, I was like, uh, you know that one time that uh, I think I was out of town, but you took in some crust kids uh, to stay? Our- yeah, you were in Dallas. Yeah, I was like... We were the crust kids. <laughs> that was us. Yeah, we were. We were definitely. We were, we were definitely crusty one, people. One step ahead because we had a roof, but that was about it. That's all we had was the roof. Well, you remember you went to you went to Dallas because you were like, we were taking the whole like sell all your possessions things real seriously. Yeah, we had that. And that you were like, you were like, let's. You're like, I'm going to go to Dallas kind of like scope it out there mm-hmm. and maybe we'll uh, get rid of all of our things and go talk to homeless people in Dallas. Yeah. That was a plan. That was, that was kind of like the plan. And then, uh, that fell through and David, like, you don't know, I don't know if you know this, but you being gone for those two weeks was like the freaking worst. <laughs> I know I, we've had this. We, I, I love we how might I, have went, had this. I was like, I'm going to go change my life in two weeks. <laughs> like what? <laughs> It might have been more than two weeks. No, honestly. it was. It, it was, might have, it was it like was, two weeks, man. It was like. Two was weeks. it really? Yeah. It was so bad. But here's why it feels like it was forever for me was because that's when I worked overnight at Walmart stocking shelves. Yeah. And and that happened right when you left. So it was like you left, and then I ended up sleeping all day, and uh, so because I worked all night. Um, we couldn't like ha- our friends couldn't come over like yeah. they used to because everybody used to just come over whenever they wanted, and um, so I was basically alone for two weeks and I only saw the nighttime. Mm, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Kenobi had fleas. Yeah, that was a problem. And got them all across. It was like a you know what, man? People who listen to this podcast are gonna think we're the grossest people. Well, we kind of were. The more I, the we more kinda, I talk. Well, the key, the key- <laughs> The key word is were. We were the grossest <laughs> people. And then we got married. That's true. And, uh, and yeah, kind of somehow all that happens. Um, that is definitely true. That's the truth. Look, uh, we went really far into this. I want to go and give everyone who's listening, who's still listening after that, um, that conversation. I, for, I forgot we were, yeah, yeah. I forgot yeah, we're still we were recording. Doing. This is part of a podcast. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned one thing, and this is kind of different for a lot of the listeners of the podcast, is I normally um, interview artists and creatives and like entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. People are doing things outside of their normal box, like their nine to five, and doing things that are um, extraordinary, like trying to really build up the craft. Um, I've expanded it since then. It started off with just artists, but now I've kind of, I'm trying to expand it. Um, but I normally do it with people who are involved in the capital region of New York. And, mm-hmm. tra- and you, Travis, have mentioned that you live in Austin. And the reason why I'm having you on the podcast is you're, uh, you've lived in the capital region for uh, a period of time. And so um, you're grandfathered in 
to the podcast. Um, oh, wonderful. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you have experience here um, because there's normally like the same question I ask <clears throat> at the end, normally towards the end of each podcast, like what people think um, the potential Albany has in the capital region. I might, uh, we might not talk about that on this one, but you still understand um, the artist's life up here. Um, plus, you're you're still an artist, and so... I don't know. I'm, yeah. just, I'm breaking the rules for you, buddy. Um, well, I like talking I, to you, and we can chat about the old I days. I do go to Albany as often as I can. That's true. You, like you, my, here. you, all of my. I mean, you and Michael are there, mm-hmm. and you are two of my best friends. My in-laws live there. That's right. Do you know what I mean? I have like, um, you have I have a lot of a lot of people that I love there, and I would be there more if I could afford it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you sound like but, it sounds like it's super expensive, but you live in Austin, and so that makes no sense. <laughs> oh, you what do you mean, mean? Be there as in travel, not live here. Yeah, like it if sounded, I could just fly up there to hang out with you guys, oh, yeah, and, that's and totally different. Hang out, then I would. But, I thought you were insinuating. Uh, I, mean, I don't know, it might be real cheap right now. I thought you were, but, yeah, right now it's real cheap. I thought you were insinuating, insinuate, insinuating, why can't I say the word, um, that it's cheaper to live in Austin than it is in Albany, and I was about to say. Oh, oh no, that is that. not true. Um, no. No, no, not at all. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I still, uh, I'm glad to have you on. This is going to be a well. Fun, thank you. It's yeah. a fun podcast because we talk all the time. Well, not all the time, but we've had a long relationship. This isn't like me interviewing somebody that I don't know. Um, so there's a lot of questions. Yeah, um, I'm going to ask you, but they're not like, "How'd you get started?" Because I kind of know how you got started. Matter of fact, you got started around the same time I got started. Well, I take that back. Musically, you have a different. You have a different. Have- thing i have a different trajectory than you did but i was thinking about it today because i knew we were gonna have this call and i've i've known you for like 20 years i know jesus have you realized that yeah because we met we met in high school we weren't like super friends in high school no but but like we knew each other do you know what i mean like we had we had a bunch of mutual friends you were like around and then um I graduated high school. I like kind of like went off into this whole weird kind of thing temporarily. And then, um, but then, uh, we like kind of reconnected because we were both in bands at the same time. Um, and all that much later. And so we've, we've known each other for 20 years. Yeah, for for sure. sure. So that's crazy. So you're, um, and, and so just for everyone listening, you're a singer songwriter right? Yeah. Um, and so you've been doing this for a long time. This is kind of why I was building that up. I know a little bit of your story, um, but uh, will you kind of just give a rundown of how you got, like when it started, what you're interested in and how that evolved into what you're doing now? Can you kind of give like a synopsis of that whole thing? You mean like the whole, like I was 14 and saw MTV? Yeah. Then you yeah, go all the way that way back? Okay. <laughs> yeah, <that thing>. okay. <laughs> okay. Actually, um, can I ask you one question? It's personal. Are you okay with getting Yeah, personal? totally. Yeah, okay. So I actually know your story a little bit before that. You, somebody you knew had an older brother. I think it was a girl that you were dating. Had an older brother. And yeah, gave yeah. Gave you a mixtape. That is true. And yeah. that altered your projection, like your, your trajectory whatever that is trajectory yeah um trajectory that's not even a word <clears throat> sorry Tra- it's been a long, day. <laughs> it's been a long yeah. day of of uh reading which you think i'd figure words out because i've done a lot of reading today um yeah so that altered the way you look at music and how you experience it um that's you, that's true yeah do you remember what was on that mixtape oh oh geez yes but this i remember a lot of what was on that the story with that though is that 
like when I was a kid, I was like 13 and I really wanted to play drums. I don't know if you know that part. I did like, not know I, that, no. I really wanted to play drums because I was like a real angry teenager, mm, okay. you know? Yeah. I and so I just that. wanted to like hit stuff all the time. And, <laughs> but I learned that how expensive like a good drum set was. Yeah. And so, so having that knowledge in my head, knowing that my parents were just not going to buy me a drum set, um, because of because really i'm just i had been like a quitter my whole life my parents didn't want to just like buy me something and have me quit so um wow that's a real, i started being um, like hold on can we talk about that that was a real assessment of your personality um real honest that, <laughs> that as a child i was a quitter yeah that's, that's real interesting <laughs> well not many people just, would have said that but i'm glad that you're um you're strong enough in your personality to be able to be like this is how it was when i was a kid i think i was too. well I just, I, I just I always know. got put into things that I just like, it was assumed I would be interested in like, like baseball, um, I, but yeah, like baseball, <laughs> soccer, stuff like that, you know? Um, and I just quit everything. I played piano as a kid and I quit. I didn't know. You know what either. I mean? Wow. Look at this. Yeah. Um, a podcast and I learn all kinds of stuff about you. We've been yeah, for I a played, long time. Yeah. That's true. Um, I played piano for a minute and I took some, I took lessons for like two or three years and I just like thought it was super boring you know? Um, yeah. and so I wanted, I wanted to play drum, which I mean, of course, everybody like wishes they were better at piano when they're older, but yeah. like whatever. That's a, that's um, a big like bucket list kind of thing. Yeah. Know. I mean, I've, I've given up on that, but, um, but yeah, I wanted, I wanted to play drums. And I realized that, that probably wouldn't happen. And I realized that guitars were like way cheaper. Yeah. And so I started, I started like watching like MTV with that in mind. And I started being like, I don't know, Billy Corgan's pretty, pretty cool. I could probably do that. And that was when like Nine Inch Nails was really big. And I was like, I don't know, that seems pretty awesome. And so I got a guitar eventually. Right. Yeah. And so then the, where the mix CD, where the mixtape comes in, why it's important is because I was listening to all of that stuff. Yeah. I was listening to like, to like Smashing Pumpkins, Nine Inch Nails, like even like Marilyn Manson and stuff. I was like that weird, like kind of like pseudo goth kid in high school. And then, um, and then I met this girl and I went to her house to like hang out with her. And her brother was giving me the older brother quiz, mm -hmm. you know? And he was like, what kind of music do you listen to? And I told him and he was like, that's garbage. I'm going <laughs> to. And so he went into his room and he came out with like just his trash mixtapes, you know? Yeah. And, and he gave them to me and I was like, Oh cool. Yeah. But I went and I went home and I put them in and honestly, David, I hated them at first because I was just like so accustomed to like yeah. loud, angry, whatever. But it was, if I can remember correctly, the stuff that was on it was stuff like, um, there's like some punk stuff, um, like some Fugazi and some old, like dinosaur junior, some okay. Sebado. And they're oh, like, wow. a, they're like okay. a lo-fi, like indie kind of situation. But then there was like some, um, like Portishead okay. and, yeah. um, Hoover Phonic, like just like a wider range, a wider range of like indie music that I just didn't know existed. So it and there was like, like, it was just venturing out. Like here's a here's a whole world you didn't know about where you can listen to punk, yeah. you can listen to hard like hardcore, you can listen to this, and you can actually have all these tastes in music that are um, not just one genre. You can actually enjoy different styles. Um, yeah, and 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 what I what I learned eventually, which is why I'm still kind of like obsessed with like music genres and all of that stuff, is that all of those genres they all have like their own kind of like culture behind them, 
Mm-hmm. And they all have like a almost like their own weird belief systems that are attached to them. Yeah, I can see and, that. I can see that. And so I real like as a child or as a teenager, what that taught me was like, oh man, the world is so much bigger than I thought, and like people are so much more varied than I realized. <clears throat> yeah. And that's kind of like why I like really love loved it eventually. Gotcha. Um you know, stuff like that. But yeah, and so like um I love a good mixtape, man. I miss those days sometimes. I when I said mixtape, yeah. I was like, I wonder how many people listening to this are like mixtape. What is? What's a tape? What's a tape? What's a yeah. what's a tape? Um, you know, what's oh, funny dude. Thing? we're not that old. <laughs> like we're not that old. It just time no. has gone by really quickly when it comes to um, the evolution of the way music is experienced. I think things have uh, progressed quickly. That's true. Yeah. Um, the thing that I like about that is because. I took that story because I don't have that technical story. Like I grew up with music because we were both musicians around the same time. Um, and my first intro to music was my older sister because she played guitar. My first guitar was a hand-me-down from her. And um, she was really big. So she was like eight years older than me. <clears throat> and she was mm-hmm. really big into like early 90s alternative. So like R.E.M. Sure. And, and Matchbox 20 and Third Eye Blind and stuff like that. And so she introduced me into that world when I started to get into music. Um, and then from there, like, as I got older, I started getting a little bit more deeper and a little bit more harder into like a little bit of the rock, but I spent so little time. Like I remember in high school and people were like, check out audio vent. Do you remember audio vent? Uh, yeah, we are the energy. We are yeah, the energy. Yeah, exactly. And then I remember being like, <laughs> oh my God. And someone telling me, and I remember that band, and I remember like Chevelle, and I remember someone telling me, yeah. like, you know, the audio event's great and everything, but have you heard his brother who's way more famous? I'm like, who? Like Incubus. And I was like, let me check this out. And then that like brought me in from Incubus into like Radiohead. And then Radiohead yeah. brought me into like way more obscure. And I was like, oh, you know what a you know what maturity is in music? It's having a wide array that I can listen to Blink-182 and Sum 41 and then just drop off into like Wilco and, you know, like that and, and all these indie artists. And I can actually enjoy all of these with like a mature head. Yeah. It's not that you have to be in one genre or the other. You have to, you know, only cool kids listen to Nutri-Milk Hotel or whatever. You can actually enjoy multiple. And so, like, I can go back and listen to R.E.M. I can go back and listen to Chevelle. Or I could listen to Blink-182 or Sum 41 and be like, I remember yeah. that and enjoy those. Um, but having being mature in music is having um, just a wide array of, like, taste. You don't always have to be in one genre. I actually think if you're really stuck in one genre, you're, you're kind of a child in music. Like, I, I mean, that might be controversial. But if you're like, I only listen to country, like, well, let me expand a little bit. there's there's this weird thing that happens where like you you start to you start to explore like other like genres outside of wherever you were naturally yeah and you start to feel like super like superior because you're discovering things that are new to you and whatever and so for a while you just feel like you you found like a secret and that everyone should like be in on that secret and then you kind of like grow to this to this point where like the people who I know who are like the most like musically like not only do they appreciate music most but they like uh, they like understand like how it actually works you know like how yeah. to write like a good song and like like they understand like the theory or whatever those are the people who like love like really snobby music like like dream theater oh, you know God. I hate but they dream theater I do too oh, but like God. 
but they also at the same time can be like, you know, that Miley Cyrus song wrecking ball. is like a banger. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that's you know what I mean? Like unashamed on both ends. We used to call those guilty pleasures, you know, but that's not the same thing anymore. But why feel guilty? It is a great song. Like Sia's like uh chandelier is oh, like an amazing right. song. It's actually a really good. Song. You know, like, but if I was like, and like put together, that song is really well done. It's so yeah. good, dude. But it, me at like 20, would be like appalled to know that I would say that in the future oh, because I was so like, yeah, you know what I mean? That kind of yeah. thing. So, well, that was the same thing. So when I got into punk, I remember like being around a group of punk kids and they're like, we listen to like black flag and uh, like gutter mouth and stuff like that. What do you listen to? And it's like, if you flip through my CD, cause back then, like in my twenties, we all had these binders with CDs like stacked in them. Like it was a photo album. And if you flip yeah, yeah, through totally. it, you'd be like, this is cool. Like that's cool. Uh, that's cool. Why is uh, what was that band? Um, oh man, Yellow Card. Why is Yellow Card in the middle of this? You can be like, oh, I love Yellow Card. Like Yellow Card was really good. Um, they were like a Florida pop punk band, and I was just really into Florida. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was really into pop punk, and they were really good. And then yeah. like, you go from punk to like screamo to like, like just some really good stuff. And I, in nowadays, like I can go back and listen to. The use like that that first album was so amazing. Like it's still amazing. Yeah, the first one, the first one is pretty good. I don't yeah. know about the other ones, but I don't either. But that first one was solid, and then you can go and you can jump in. Like I can jump into like um, some Forty One's Chuck, and you're like, this is a little bit more metal. And if you want to go on to metal, you can hop right over to like um, Coheed and Cambria, and you're like, okay, this is you know, like you can, yeah, you can, it's like uh, seven seven connections to. Um, bacon kevin bacon you can actually tie all of them in if you walk the steps but it is weird seeing like nine inch nails next to blink 182 like that those are kind of yeah weird. Um, i but, think yeah. what i think is like really weird is that like a lot of what this is is it's just like older generational snobby people telling younger people what they should be into do you know what i mean like there's like there's yeah, like this that. whole thing that has always happened. Like Led Zeppelin and Black Flag, like at first, like they got terrible reviews on their records. And then like eventually the people convinced basically the snobs that like it was cool and yeah. they started changing their attitude. And like now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but like there are people like really, really pretty famous artists like Grimes and uh, Poppy. I don't know if you've heard Poppy, Mm-mm. but um they're ba- they're kind of like alternative pop people okay and they're like they're basically coming out going like well we really love new metal and new metal is like our really? inspiration for some stuff huh. and and like new metal like is not good for the most part i mean from my point of view it's like not good <laughs> but i have like i have like a whole different i i was it, we were in high school when new metal was like the thing yeah and so I have like a whole different association with it. And honestly, I remember all the terrible bands that younger people don't know about. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like they only know about like Slipknot who yeah. at one time, like everybody thought they were garbage. And now all of a sudden people, it's cool to like sn- Slipknot. Really? Cause I like, feel like they're garbage. Is how... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying they're, they're like becoming one of those like generation. legacy bands that like yeah. time is like looking at more favorably. And that stuff just happens, and so you just kind of have to like what you like, and you have to like like be cool about it. Like, I don't like Yellow Card, but like, cool, do you, not you like do. Yellow Card. 
I just think they're so silly, man. Yeah, but that's why I like them. They're silly. They're poppy. Um, the other thing about music is, and we talked about this a lot, certain music, like songs, when you hear them at a time in your life, they bring you back to that. It's not just nostalgia. Yeah. It's like time traveling. Like, I can hear a song that I haven't listened to in, like, two years. Like, if I pick up a song, like, if I listen to, <clears throat> like, the old Matchbox 20, like, I forgot what okay. what album that was. The one with the guy with the cannonball, like, he had the cannonball helmet on. What was that album called? I have no idea. I've, I don't think I've ever listened to a Matchbox oh. 20 album. Are you kidding me, dude? I no. I, I know the it. I know the songs from the radio, and I feel <sighs> like that's all I needed to know. Oh no, there's so many more good ones on there. Anyway, so if I listen to anything like that, it's weird because I may have not heard this song in like 10 years. I could probably pick up yeah. the lyrics within seconds, but it also makes yeah. me feel a certain way. And I love the fact that I have um, a discography of music in my life, like my head. Um, there's a discography yeah. that I can actually play through the years of being like, these are the songs I was listening to. This brings mm -hmm. me back to this point, And this brings, this reminds me, like if I listen to, and this sounds super cheesy, I don't even know why I'm saying this on the podcast, um, but there's <laughs> one song that brings me um, back in high school when I had uh, that beat up 67 Mustang. I remember being summertime and it was like warm outside and I had the windows rolled down and I was driving it down a back road in, in Southeast Texas. And there's one song that I can literally play and it brings me back there. And that's summertime by May. And that song like brings me into that moment and it blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like it brings me right there. And so I love the fact that like all these things, like as I've, I've aged and like my music tastes have changed. Um, yeah. I can still dip back into those old like archives and pull up a song. And sometimes I'll just listen to it. Just be like, Oh my God, I totally forgot how much I love this. I haven't heard it in like 10, 15 years. Um, I love discovering that stuff. So I think, I think it's, I mean, I don't know about new metal, but, uh, if, if I, if I liked it now in about 10 years, I'd probably be like, remember this new metal song and <laughs> be listening to it, you know? Um, so yeah. we'll see, we'll see what happens in 10 years, but I'm pretty sure I won't like new metal. Um, yeah, I'm not, you know, but it's cool if other people do. I think that's like, that's kind of like what I've grown into is I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to look at people and think they don't like music as much as me because they like bands that I think are stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're just like, they have... <laughs> that song is legit. I don't care what that's you funny. say. I, I know it's, you said like, it's don't feel guilty for liking a song. Yeah. I understand like that song is not a big one for me. Um, but Taylor Swift's got some bangers, dude. I, oh man, dude. listen, she's got some Taylor really Swift, good ones. Uh, I heard what's it, 1989? Yes, record? yes, that yes. record is so legit, it's and I'm so not scared to say it. I it's I don't mind. Oh my gosh, um, what's the song? Style. I'm all about style, style. dude. That's I my think, favorite. One. I think that's the one. That one is so all good. right, but it also has like that. Um, <clears throat> It also has that 80s feel where, like, um, the verse is, like, on the road. Da, 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 and you're, like, I totally – I haven't seen the music video, but I totally picture, yeah. like, me driving behind, like, a 69, like, court, like a Camaro, like, on a desert strip, you know, like, old school. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, this song has a feeling. I've never seen the video, but that's what this song feels like. <coughs> Sorry, I'm coughing. I got the coronas. Um but this song, I don't actually have it. But this song actually feels like that, and I love that song. The song is so good, dude. Um, that whole record's good. I uh, have not been as interested in what's come out after, but yeah, that's either. cool. Yeah, she can do what she wants. She can, and I, I I'm happy for her. Um, not a big fan. But, uh, <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> she went from being like hardcore and edgy to uh, extremely poppy. Um, 
That's what I noticed about it. Like, it's just, it's not, it's just not, I don't know. Maybe I just got an edge to me. I see. I think the opposite. I think that she started out as like America's little sweetheart, you know, cause she was like that country girl. Yeah. I never listened to her. And then that was happening. And then she, I don't, I don't really know much about that era of her either, but I knew, I know that's where she started. And then she came out, she got like more poppy or whatever. She came out with 1989 which oh, is like yeah. super legit. That's a good one. And then I think from there, you just have to like, you know, from there, like the world changed kind of like culturally, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think she was like adjusting to that. And I think she just like got tired of being like the, the kind of like sweet, like poppy girl. I think she like wanted some edge to her or whatever. I did watch her documentary. I don't know if you uh, seen that, uh, but my wife did and she watched it and I kind of like caught it in the background. I thought that was funny that you said she kind of got, um, she was, Oh no. <laughs> Cause when you were like, she was America's and then she kind of got edgy and I was like, um, kind of, um, yeah, I guess that's true. Never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. I might edit this whole thing out because we literally <laughs> have talked about Taylor Swift for like 10 minutes. You know uh, what? Not what you, I was planning on. <laughs> this is how my friendships are, David. You know, I just get on a thing, yeah. especially if it's music related. We just roll down that path, and we yeah. look up four hours later, and we're like, "What? How did we get here?" <laughs> well, look, um, let me. I do have some topics I want to get to. Let's take a break, yeah, real quick, and then, um, and then we'll come back and talk about some real stuff. And <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. I'll call you back in a little bit. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, everybody. We're back. And um, I have a question for you, Travis. Um, well, not so much a question. I want to tell everyone who's listening. Um, there is, there's actually a part of your music that I've been using for a while. Um, it's the intro and outro to all of our podcasts. It's actually um, a project that you do with your wife or you, you did with your wife in the, um, the past called Crystal Optics. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually forget what song it is, but I definitely used, and I I got your permission so I can't get sued, but I used, um, I I used it, I use it for the beginning and the end of the podcast. Um, and I'm, I just want to ask you about, why don't you tell everybody about crystal optics and, uh, and what it is. Yeah, well, uh, crystal optics was this project that me and my wife did together, um, where we were trying to basically combine the music that she liked with the music that I like, which is uh, definitely not the same, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like she's, yeah. she's like really, you know, she's, she like sings really, really well. And so she likes to listen to people who can sing really, really well. Gotcha. And so she listens to like R and B. She listens to some pop. She listens to like all of that. Like Josh Groban. And definitely not Josh Groban, but, uh, yeah. no, but, uh, all of those people, like she grew up like wanting to be Christina Aguilera. You oh, know wow. what I mean? Okay, yeah. And so um, she listens to all of that stuff, and I listened to um, none of that. But we thought it would be fun to like <clears throat> put together a project um, together and see how that how that worked out. And so the way that that worked out was um, that weird that weird pop record that we made. And uh, it's not bad, man. I learned a lot of uh, I learned a lot of production stuff on it. Oh yeah, and just how to make electronic music and how to do all of those things. And so it was it was really fun, man. It was really good. Yeah, actually, um, I can speak to that. That first album you guys put out, and I listened to the second album, which was actually a little bit more poppy, a little bit more upbeat. Um, yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but your first album, which is fine, like it's totally good. I think most people liked your second album 
probably more because it's a little bit more, I think that's just what normal people like. They like a little bit more poppy, a little bit more energetic, but I'm a little bit more somber in the music I listen to. And your first album yeah. has a little bit of a darker undertone. And uh, mm-hmm. dude, I love that album. That that first Crystal Optics album is so good. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. There's there's some stuff on that, on that first EP, like uh, the last song on that first EP where I'm like, man, I wish I could write lyrics like this all the oh. time. Dude, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's just not possible all the time. But you're right, they're very different. We were in really different spots then. Whenever we made the first EP, we lived in North Carolina. We had just moved there. We were both trying to like we I think we are like not very we're trying to get settled and so the whole re- the whole EP sounds just kind of like like people who are trying to figure out like what are they doing? Yeah. Like what are we doing here? God, maybe and that's then, the reason why I liked it so much because that's always maybe. how I feel. I feel like that all the time. Um, maybe what am so, I doing here? Yeah. But by the time we got around to making the other one, like we had moved to Austin, like Kristen had like found friends. She was like sitting by the pool and like going to brunch and like yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean, doing all that stuff. And so we just kept going in that direction. And you're right, there it's like a lot more like pop oriented yeah um which to me was just like a fun exercise to do like i had to learn had to learn things i didn't know existed like i didn't i didn't you know what i mean yeah there's so many different there's different uh production ways to go about it and so it was really good for me i think some of those songs are really good and uh it's been fun to see which which part of all of that different people like yeah you I, know? I think it's cool because it it does like if you listen to both of them back to back you can see the reflection of being like um this is an album of us trying to figure out where we are and trying to fit in trying to figure out a, a standard like a, a foundation and yeah kind of going through life that way and then the next one's like we finally figured it out and we got where we are and this is where we're going um you can totally hear those in both uh i think that's why i like the first one the, the yeah uh, more and then when you're like i'm learning new things and the first thought in my head was like like how to not just play in minor chords is that what's like that's the first thing i was thinking i know um really, and not just using stuff, a Rhodes keyboard for everything you know like um, that but, stuff was super challenging for me personally because um i just it's like i just like certain things you know what i mean i remember whenever i learned how to write a song under six minutes <laughs> i was like i was like i'm either getting way better or way worse and i can't <laughs> and i can't tell yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for I sure. don't know. Yeah, for sure. But that that whole project was great, man. It was it it was very communal. Like she and I made it together. Our buddy like mixed and mastered it for us. And then we had that music video that my brother in law made. Oh yeah, yeah, that was really cool. He like I know you know, but like people listening, like my brother in law is a total BA. He like makes like rap music videos that yeah. like everybody everybody watches. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he went and he so went hard into that, and he's doing a good job. Yeah. yeah he's like worked he's like worked with Khaled and, and people like that you know what I mean yeah and so he's like living this crazy New York life and he like we just made a music video over Christmas one time at his parents house and it was it was great dude i enjoy it um i love that and if people want to hear it it's called crystal optics can you spell it for me because i think i've tried to do this on the podcast before and i misspelled it (laughs) it's everything's everything's a k like it's k-r-k-r-y-s-t-a-l-o-p-t-i-k-s oh gotcha okay so that's easy so you can actually go on youtube and see the music video i think the one you did was bigger than trees um yeah yeah. dude that song is so good it's so good um 
I wish I, I wish I had to play because I, I did a podcast with Stephen Stewart, and uh, he was oh actually, yeah yeah I listened to some of that yeah in the studio with me, and at the end I had him live record one of his songs, and uh, it sounds like I took a recording of him because he's so talented at playing live yeah and he's got such yeah. like um, um he's got the voice of an angel and fergie mix like yeah. it's such a good voice um, <laughs> did you say and fergie yeah and fergie that's a stepbrothers <laughs> reference um that's uh, funny no steve he's, he's the so best good. man he's such a nice kid oh man and he's he's been into like when i talked to him he was like yeah i want to record an album a year and i was like are you gonna play him for people he's like no i just want to write albums one a year and i was like you're crazy yeah. but the problem is yeah, i would yeah. be like all right so you're just wasting your time but the kid writes such good material. Um, yeah. His songs are so sure. good. He spends so much time with them. Um, and he, he, I wish he would play a little bit more live, but he's really into writing. And then he, uh, on that podcast, he was telling me he went, he went hard into shoegaze. And so he got like yep. an arpeggiator yep. and like some other machines that he's working with. And it's, uh, but en- enough about yeah. Steven. I already did a podcast with him. Um, <laughs> so you're, you're, uh, that was Crystal Optics. That was the last one that, yeah. um, that I knew yeah. about. And then you started a new project um, recently. And I have a little yeah. bit of heartfelt with this one because um, it's a name. I don't think I've told anybody, and I don't think on this podcast we mentioned this, but me and you, we used to live together and be um, roommates. And, and at the yeah. time we had a spare bedroom and we ended up getting, um, you had Reason, I think was the recording equipment and, and I had a yeah. mixer board and some mics. Yeah. And we started just playing around with like studio songs, like a lot of electronic, a lot of, uh, kind of a lot of post rock, like a lot of melodic stuff like that and then uh we at the time kind of played around with some names but you picked that name back up recently and you've started a new project um tell me a little bit about that project i think it's just is is it just you just like with all the just me yeah Yeah, after after me and and Kristen had that project where everything was like highly like collaborative you know um and there's so few guitars on it that I just kind of wanted to rebel against that for a little while okay, yeah, and sure. do something that was like that. No one, no one got any say on what to do except for me <laughs> and, yeah. and do like as only guitars, like, and even though it didn't come out only guitars, it's basically as much guitars as you can reasonably as, have, as many you as know, you can. Yeah. and maybe a little and, over reason, but it's, that's totally fine. <laughs> it's a lot, but that's, that's uh it's genre specific. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Sure. Like I knew like that's, and so, so I started doing that, and um, it's funny because I think that there is like a weird kind of like shoegaze thing going on. Um, and so I took like things that I liked, like shoegaze and post rock, and um, a little bit of like ambient kind of whatever, and just combined all of those things. Yeah, for sure. I tried to combine all the, all the things that I loved and and put that out. Yeah, that's um. I, I mean, I've heard you sent a few things to me before you put it out, and then you actually have an EP out now called ghost riot um mm-hmm. and that thing dude i love it so you can definitely hear you can hear your uh, rebellion of a lot of like a little bit more mellow a little bit more power undertones like it's a little darker um but it's definitely yeah. powerful um and it has like a it does definitely has an ambiance um but it, it has a serious tone to it like it's very it just it, I don't, i'm trying to use words that describe it um, how would you describe it? So I don't just dick myself into some weird <laughs> hole because I'm trying to use um, it and I'm not using my words very well. But uh, you know what? I don't know how I would if we're talking mood wise. Yeah. How I would describe it? I don't know. Kristen always says that they sound like slow triumph. Yes. Kind of oh song. God, that's perfect. Yes. Do you know much. what like I mean? A slow like, ballad. Like it builds and it's just yeah. Well, yeah, that's the post rock kind of coming through, I guess. You know. 
but uh, I guess that's as good as we can get. Other than that, it's just kind of like it sounds like I tried to take post rock noises and put them in a song structure, which yeah, is kind of sure. what I, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, I I enjoy it, um, and the the band is actually called Medical Morning, um, mm-hmm. which is is pretty rad. Now, this isn't just to be. Have you ran this where you told people like? audibly like medical morning did they have to ask you how to spell the morning part because that's no okay um because it's m-o-r-n-i-n-g like good morning yeah yeah so that, that's true most of the time though when i connect with people about it it's all on the internet so they uh, can read gotcha. it so you it know? is it is all over the internet so people can find it right yeah 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 um all all the streaming places there's some youtube you know i mean you can yeah. google it your band camp it literally everywhere very cool. So that was your last EP. Are you working on anything right now? Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping to get another out real quick. Um, have all of the music down for it. Um, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, it's not like a ton different, but I've gotten really. I've, I'm revisiting like that '90s kind of like emo with all the clean guitars. Oh, very like nice. mineral okay. yeah, and yeah. stuff like that and American football, like all that kind of stuff. And so I've like accidentally put some of that in there. Cause it's just what I was listening to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's no, less like, For sure. it's less just like guitar power chords in your face. Uh, but it's still, uh, I don't know the same as, you know what I mean? I still made it yeah. it's still the same thing. Um, so it'll, it'll be a little bit different, but I have to finish writing lyrics for it. And as soon as I'm done with that, then I'll get it sent out. But um, so you know, I was. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, oh no, I was just saying. Uh, I'm. Ho- I was hoping to have it done by now since we've been quarantined. <laughs> but That's... but instead, I've been just like doing too many dishes and watching Tiger King, and <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I just yeah, can't. For sure. I have a weird a weird block, and I talked to actually I talked to my mixer yesterday and he was telling me how busy he is right now. And so that's actually, uh, discouraged me for trying to pound it all out right now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, told, let's, I want to talk about that. Um, you, you, so you make the music before you, um, write the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very cool. The the instrumental versions are are totally done. Oh, okay. So all, all of that's finished and the melody lines are written. I just have to find words that will conform to that yeah so that works for you so you because i remember when i used to write songs um i kind of did them simultaneously um but a lot of it had to do with like i assume though i write i used to write songs the way your wife writes songs where um it's a lot of vocals a lot of melody you kind of have a hook Mm -hmm. you kind of have a a chorus or a verse you know what you're going with and you begin Mm -hmm. to write music around it you do the opposite you actually write music and then figure out the chords and the melody and and the verses and stuff like that um vocals after yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Is that common? Have you talked to anybody who's like, this is how I do it too? Because that seems almost backwards. Like, it seems like it would be the other way around. Well, I think that, like, when you were writing songs, like, and when, you know, she writes songs, those are the things you want people to notice. Oh, that's are the first point. things. Yeah. Like, to me, like, I mean, I care about, like, what my lyrics are. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and whatever. But because i i mean even because they're in the genre they're in because they're it's like a, a shoegazy post-rock thing they're kind of they're pulled back more than more than most yeah. anyway yeah. and honestly i don't really like writing lyrics is like 
my least favorite part of the whole process. <laughs> that's so weird because that's my favorite part. <laughs> of the process. You know? um, and so I think there's that. And I've learned that anytime I have words and I try to start with them, that kind of all the songs end up sounding the same oh, and gotcha. whatever. So, well, cool, man. I, uh, I definitely, I mean, I, I, I love hearing about, I'm stoked about your next album. Um, I'm a big fan, obviously. Um, well, I can send you the instrumentals. Yeah, I would so. totally take those. And let me, uh, I'll write your lyrics for you. And uh, we'll do a collaborative like we used to back in the day. Um, I'm trying be, to not collaborate with this project. Oh, it'll be man. awful. Whole Don't point. send it to me. I'll send you some awful <laughs> lyrics. Um, I can't write lyrics anymore. I couldn't write lyrics then. Um, so I'm not writing lyrics now. But, uh, oh, dude. But I miss, I miss doing music, man. Sometimes I think about it. Um, I do a lot of writing and a lot of art, like visual art now. Um, every yeah. once in a while, I'll... Uh, I'll, I'll listen to some old stuff that we made, some old stuff that yeah. I made before in, in the past. And um, matter of fact, I did use. So before Medical Morning, now um, we had Medical Morning when we you were making music like way back in the day that we never put out, so no one's ever really heard it other than like friends, um, and rightfully so that no one ever heard it other than friends. Um, but I actually did use because I was looking for music, um, so I started. Um, with Vocare, I started uh, Vocare Edu, which is an educational podcast that goes over just kind of okay. some basic tips. Like the first one I did was um, prepping your art for an art show or the art season. Um, just some things to consider when you're when you're putting together a series and, and getting your art ready. Yeah. Um, and the intro of that is actually old school Medical Morning. Um, I forgot what song though, but I was just listening through. I was like, "This will work," so I actually cut it and added yeah, that's it because cool. it's um, uh, loyalty-free uh, music for me, so I can use it. Yeah, yeah. So I might just have to use every time I add a segment of the podcast. I might just be dipping into old medical morning um, to uh, to pull that out. But uh, but yeah, that's that's a good time. So tell me, you're, what what were you gonna say? I was gonna say you'll run out eventually. We didn't have that much, dude. Yeah. You think we had a good. I, I would be actually, I'd be happier if you used some of just like your singer songwriter stuff. Oh, I'll never use that. That's <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's flaming, so... <laughs> flaming garbage. Come flaming on, garbage. Dude. all right. All oh right, god, told, told, I listen maybe, to that too, man. I have to have maybe at least what I'll a few do. drinks before I can open that folder <laughs> on my computer because it's just, uh-huh. it's just not. If it was remixed and mastered and someone else came in and wrote better lyrics, then yes, it would be great. <laughs> but, but David, did I ever send you that song? Uh, I think it's called December by Neck Deep. Oh, no, no, I don't know what that is. Okay, well, Neck Deep is like, they're like a, they're kind of like an, an emo, like revival band. Okay. You know? Yeah. And December December is like one of their like acoustic jams. And it sounds exactly like the music that you were making. <laughs> you were just, you were just ahead of the game, just man. So far ahead of the game. <laughs> there was that, there is that one song, I forgot the guy who wrote it, but it's a song called Black Flies. Um, and I remember hearing that being like, God, I feel like I wrote this. Like, I totally yeah. feel like I wrote that song. Yeah. Um, I want, is the name Damien Gray? What's his, oh, what's his name? I can't remember. Damien Gray. There's that's a Daniel, it. there's, there's Damien Rice. Damien Rice. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Um, but it's a song called Black Flies. You can Google it. And, uh, that's, that was all my old stuff, but that also doesn't work good for the beginning of a podcast. Cause it's like acoustic and slow and kind of painful. And you maybe hear me crying in the background. I don't know what's happening. You know, like you're going to make for a podcast. <laughs> Greetings, tortured artists. Exactly. If you're looking to display your arts. 
I'm going to show you how to do it in the most miserable way possible. <laughs> if I do a real somber, like melancholy podcast where I just talk about yeah. how sad and deep and dark my feelings are, then I'll use yeah. it as the beginning. But for right okay. now, I'm trying to use a little something a little bit with a little bit of drums to it or something. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that's a that's a folder I don't open up often. Um, that's just like a that's driving down some weird memory lane. Um, I enjoyed making. Honestly, I still have a guitar. Like every once in a while, I'll pull it out. Um, when we had when I had the gallery um, last fall, um, we opened up open mic, and I remember. Okay, cool. Yeah, and um, I had Rich Sarnacki on the podcast. He actually was there with his coffee shop, like serving coffee. And every once on the mic, open mic, he would actually set up and play. And uh, we made a bet. He was like, well, if, you know, well, I don't know if it was a bet. I just dared him. I was like, why don't you go up there and play? He was like, I'll do it if you do it. And I was like, yeah, maybe we'll see. And I never did until one night I did. I was like, all right, give me the guitar, whatever. So I went up there and I played, uh, I think I played an original and then I played, um, and which was surprising because I kind of picked it up like a month before and played, but everything's kind of like riding a bike. Like once you, once you like hold it in your hands, it all comes back to you. Um, lyrics are yeah. a little bit different, but as far as playing right. guitar and a lot of the chords, so I played an original and then I played um, I played one cover. No, I played two covers. I played um, two covers. I played uh, "What Sarah Said" by Death Cab. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. And then I just jumped straight with a Ben Gibbert. Another one. I went Postal Service. Um, this place is a prison, and I played those two. Sure. And then I played an original, and so I botched the original. I couldn't remember the lyrics that well. I mean, for the most part, yeah. I think it was one verse I was off. But yeah, I don't. I don't do music that much, man. I just. It's just not a. It's not something I. I play with that much. I kind of. I do definitely miss it. I definitely miss it. I don't. I have feel like that's my fault. Anymore. It's your fault. <laughs> yeah, because I brought all the painting into the house. Yeah, I should have never done me. that. <laughs> no, no, you ruined it, man. You just brought all that thing. I had that. Uh, I had that conversation with I think my last guest with Lisa. Um, we were talking about starting, and I was like, "Yeah, this is how I started." And I told her about like us having a bunch of paint and pizza boxes and nothing on our wall, so we just started painting yeah. things. Um, and that was a real experience. Like that really did start off. But here's the thing about here's the thing about being an artist. While painting, like you were, you were an artist, like you would paint, but you also made music. And then you were also writing. Like I was writing at the same time. Um, we got in the house, I was writing, you were writing, we were making music and we were also painting. Like we were literally doing all of these things at one yeah. time. And if we got bored yeah. doing one thing, we would just switch into the other. Um, I yeah. think that really, oh, I, th I think personally, I think that really helps um, round an artist off. Like, I think it makes you a better musician, um, when you have the skills to be able to express yourself in visual arts, like paint, um, or, or sit down, well, obviously it makes you a better songwriter. If you sit down and actually write out stuff, like, um, say you're working on a novel or you're writing poetry or something like that. It helps you express yourself better with words. I think music helps you express yourself better with emotion, which brings into like visual arts. I think they all play the cards the same. And so if you get good at one, you can get good at the other. Um, they all kind of work in harmony, um, and they all kind of dance around with each other. So I think, I think they, they, I think that's good, man. I think, I think I would probably be a better visual artist if I kept playing music, um, and and vice versa. I think, I think that's how it works. I mean, that's just a, that, that's not real. That's not scientifically proven, but <laughs> that's my own, that's my own theory. Like, I think, it, I think it could be. What do you think? Do you think that's possible? I, th I mean, I think they all kind of use similar parts of your brain and I think they all teach, they all teach you similar lessons. Like I definitely, I definitely, cause I did go to college to, to write fiction Oh wow! Yeah. to like to do English. And that's what I wanted to do was I wanted to teach kids that books are cool and then really write books, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, 
and like what what was pounded into my head in all of my writing classes is like your first draft is going to suck. Your second draft is going to suck. You have to just accept that the beginning part is you're going to be sucky and you're going to be, you're going to be sucky for a while. Um, and that's just how it works. And so if you allow that to paralyze you, you'll never finish anything. Oh, that's such a good you know? lesson. That's perfect. I hope everyone and, listening heard that because that is, <laughs> I mean, that works on every aspect, even painting or sculpture or writing music, man. That is so true. Like it is very it's, true. It's just, well, it's, it's really freeing in a way because then like now it applies to music because I can sit down, I can like look at a song. And I can say like, okay, this is the sucky version. It's mm-hmm. okay to make a sucky version. Absolutely. And then sit back and go like, okay, now how do I make this better? Okay, like move this here, do that there. Yeah. And so like really like all of all of becoming a professional is is about like learning to edit yourself well. It's not about like like just like puking up like some Genius. some amazing art. Yeah. yeah it's about sure. it's about just like learning how to edit, and that's why. Um, what's it called? It's called like Kill Your Darlings, which we've talked about before, right? Yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah. There's other names for it. Um, yeah, but that's basically Kill Your Darlings. Um, that's a big writing term. Um, it's being able to sacrifice the things you really think are good, um, but you if you can't get past the fact that they're good and you can't put those to death and put those to sleep, um, you'll never get to the next thing, which is actually better. Um, it's yeah. you holding on to the past, you holding on to something. Say you wrote like a a really piece of music, but there's something good in it, but you just think it's you think it's perfect. Um, you hold on to it when really you need to just put it to sleep and let that regurgitate later on. Um, with a better piece of art, um, is how I, yeah, is that the same thing? Sort of. Yeah. Like the, the writing kind of version of it is that like, you'll come up with a character or like a sentence even or whatever that you're just so proud of that you, you want to shoehorn it in somewhere or you're, you don't allow yourself to like kill it off for the sake of the, like the larger story. And so like for, for music, like what happens is, is I will, I'll be making this this like song and then I'll lead into a part that I think is like really dope. Yeah. But yeah. like but like it has no purpose in the actual yeah. song. Yeah, I just accident you know, and so I have to decide like, okay, mm. if I want this song to be good, I have to kill my favorite part of the song. Yeah, for real. <laughs> you but know what it I mean? Has a, it has a potential to really poison whatever the the big yeah. thing is. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that happens a lot. And the the cool thing you were talking about, like starting off and then editing arts a lot, like visual art is obviously a lot like that. Um, a lot of times, I don't know if people think this when they see like a good painting or they see something that someone's working on. There is like, um, if you see a good painting, chances are, and if it's not like canvas and acrylic or oil, chances are if you see like a good watercolor or a good um, painting on paper or whatever, um, there's like 40 pieces of paper crunched up in the trash can because it took so many edits to get to the thing. That yeah, you totally. No one, no one spits that thing up. Um, and no one, no artist that I know that's been doing it forever, um, who's successful and been working at it, uh, just throws up painting like perfect every time. Like there's always trash. Right always trash um, because you're yep. constantly learning. You're constantly evolving constantly. Um, most of the time you have an idea what you think you want. And that thing is never perfect in your head. And so putting it on yeah. paper never gets there. So it's like a, it's like seeing a painting through a fog or seeing a song through a fog and you're just trying to mimic it through whatever fog you're seeing and make the best possible version of whatever the thing you think you, you can see in your head. 
It's yeah. kind of how painting works. And so I assume the same thing for obviously music and writing. Um, you have an idea and then, uh, man, is there mean, so much paper in the garbage? You know? I think this is why, like, I'm so, I'm like, really, I'm like just in love with making anything is because like, these are, this is like more than an art lesson. This is like a life lesson. Like, yeah. like my, it's like my relationship with my wife is like pretty important, you know what I mean? <laughs> and <laughs> And, and sometimes like I have to just like kill my darling in this relationship. I have to go like, you know what? It's okay if I'm not eating what I want for dinner tonight. Yeah. Like the goal is like to have a good night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, for sure. For sure. And so all of these, like, like, I'm not going to say that. I think, I think that like the creative process for doing anything, any art, um, has taught me just like more about being an adult than most things i'm not gonna say than anything like obviously my parents are cool like i have religious beliefs that help me more than this but like but it's helpful man it's like it's like grows you as a person for sure you know i'll jump in because what you just said is super important to me um so like you have your particular like faith and beliefs and those kind of things that build your character um they're also somewhat esoteric uh, esoteric so they're they're kind of um I'm trying to explain this well. I, I'm just going to kind of skip that part. So they're basically, they're, they're things that are there, but they're not applied. Or they can be applied, but they're not the application itself. And so this is why I like creating things. is because you take those things that are ingrained into you, your character, your personality, your faith, the things that you um, build your character. And then when you put something and you create something, it's that in action. And it involves all of those things. So whereas in like you, your parents raised you well and you have this belief and you have these, uh, you know, this religious view and these things like that, they actually hone the gift that you have, but you, it doesn't work well unless you practice putting something on paper or at least you practice yeah, a craft yeah. of, of creating. And so, I mean, I, I might sound like a lunatic or, or some weird bias, but I, I definitely think like, uh, those things are those things are more sharpened when you are putting things when you're creating things because you get to take those and apply them and, and see how they mold um, to mm-hmm. what you're doing. And I, I think I think I personally think like um, my beliefs and and who I am and and what my parents taught me and what I believe those things actually get sharpened the more and more I create um, because I'm actually applying them into whatever I'm doing as far as a creative outlet. Uh, wow, I sound super pretentious. I did not mean that, but <laughs> it, it kind of came out. <laughs> no, man, I get it. I got it's really excited it. for a second. I was like, this is this is the truth. This is the thing that I really believe. Um, and it's a practical way. It's like a practical way to see like the fruit of um, like intangible lessons. Yeah. Do you know, like yeah, my, absolutely. like when I was growing up, like my dad, like used to always be like, you have to finish things. Like, it's not okay to just, like, mow half the yard and then do half the yard later at some point. Just, like, sit down and finish the yard. Just, like, finish it. Like, you know, like, see things through. And, like, I remember being a kid and being like, this is stupid. Like, it's just grass. I'll cut this grass. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'll just cut this grass whenever I want. But then when I got way older and I started making things and people started telling me, like, hey, like, do like writing like for example the same paragraph over and over and over doesn't make that paragraph better because you're not getting better. Yeah, that's a good point. Just like you have to finish things, start another thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so so that you just like continually get better. And I remember like being like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then like years later, like being like, crap, my dad was right, and I didn't <laughs> realize it. 
when I was 12, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so it's just, it's just like real practical things like being put into practice in a way that I'm like willing almost to learn through. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I think, I think that's actually a great point. Um, it is true. And th- those small like aspects, like I didn't have the same finished thing. I think my, my thing where your dad was like, just finish, cause I remember us being in music and you would never finish anything. Like you never came to a final product. Um, you were always yep. really reluctant to that. And then yep. vice versa. Mine was, um, I got to the finish line too quick cause I cut like shortcuts. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> right, right, I was right. like, no, it's fine. We got there. It's done. All right. Uh, let's print it out. Let's do it. It's, it's good. It's good to go. And, um, it was never the quality that I think I would. And so while you were only mowing half the grass, I was on the other house, um, not really mowing it and just kind of doing zigzags. <laughs> and so it wasn't quite, I was just like, all right, it's kind of done. Um, and then I would go inside. So, <laughs> good enough. <laughs> good enough was my, as a child, I was a big good enough character. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, because I always saw, I always saw the finish line before it was actually there. And I was like, say it's, it's fine. Look, it's done. It's like part of it's done. It's fine. Um, yeah. So those, those life lessons we learn as kids, uh, definitely like I can see it in my own art. I can definitely tell when I step back and go, okay, you, you did a good job. It looks good. It's good, but you really need to work on getting it better. Like wanting it better. Like yeah. you got to, don't put it out yet. Hold off, put it aside, work on it and get better with it. Um, because that was my big fault was I was always so quick to want the finished product, um, that I would, I would, uh, compromise for less of, of what it could be. Um, yeah. You didn't want to go through the editing process. I never wanted to. I was like, it's fine. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> so like, um, I never wanted to, and I just, I just, I've, I've had to learn that way, um, the hard way, like going through things, just being like, okay, it's really not finished. Seeing how other people do it, and just being like, okay, I, I was wrong with that. Um, but once again, it's just life lessons. It's just taking things that you learn, um, things you believe, in, and and working those out. So I'm still learning, um, as, yeah, as, sure. as I go, but I'm okay with that. Uh, but it's, it's a, uh, I, I, I mean, I think you're right, man. I think, um. I mean, we said this, I'm, I'm trying not to repeat myself, but, uh, but yeah, those, those life lessons, those things that you believe, those, those character, your character really comes through. And I think just creating art, um, develops and kind of edits your character in the same process. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. not changes it, but definitely sharpens it in the, in the, in it the refines things. it for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you want, if you want to be better, like, I mean, I know, I know tons of people who are completely happy with like, just like not doing what we're not stressing over their art you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure and that's that's totally fine it's not like i think everyone should be out there like like obsessing over whether their chord progression should be like one four five or like one five four you know i don't think that that's like a thing that people need to worry about all the time normal people yeah yeah it's totally cool to like plug in your guitar like make a melody like be done with it like awesome live your life have fun for sure but i just we just don't work that way maybe it's because is it because we're fives? Is that what it says? Yeah, yeah. We're but, an anagram fives. That's how we... Yeah, you know, it's real funny. It's that meme where there's like the the husband and wife laying in bed. Yes. Yeah. And and there's always like what she's thinking and what yeah. he's thinking. And like my, my life is like my wife is laying over there. And I guess if she's thinking about what I'm thinking about, because that is how the meme works, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. She, she's probably like wondering about I don't know, like real life things, you know, because because yeah. she thinks about real life things all day, yeah. you know, she just and I'm over there like like, OK, 
is the intro supposed to be the chorus? Did I get this mixed up? <laughs> yeah. Did the chorus get... And then, like, it'll be a song that, like, three people listen to. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. I, know. I get... Um, even with podcasts, I get super... And I don't have a ton of listeners. But, man, do I take it, like, seriously. And I think about it the night before. And I'm sure my wife is sitting there going, like, wonder what he's thinking about. And if she only knew half the things that I'm, like, paying attention. Because I have so many projects on my... I have so much stuff and none of them mean really anything. They're just things that I think are really important. Um, yeah. And they're never really important. If anyone yeah. stepped in my head at any point in time, they'd be like, this guy is really thinking of like steampunk inventions that no one's actually made that aren't going to be made. Like, why is he trying to think yeah. of that? You know, like just uh, random dude, garbage. Right um, yeah. yeah. I was spent time doing that today. I was like, am I going to? I think I'm going to draw a robot. Like that was a thought that happened in my head. Like it was a legit thought. Travis, legit. I was sitting down at my desk and was like, yeah, I haven't drawn a robot in a long time. Maybe I should draw a robot. Like, I'm, an, yeah, I'm a 35-year-old you know, adult male. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I totally get it. I, yeah. I was like, me and Kristen were like at dinner the other day, and we're just like lost in our own thoughts, you know, yeah. and we're eating. And she starts talking about like about Facebook ads and about whether like our language is right and about how we could get more people to like click over to our website. Cause like we like, I mean, we like run our own business or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and then like talking about like conversion rates and whether we can get them into an email funnel. And she was like thinking so hard about all of this stuff. And I felt so bad because I was literally like thinking about, okay, well I have this delay pedal, but if I had this other delay pedal, <laughs> then would it really make that big of a difference? Is it worth me spending a hundred additional dollars <laughs> so that I can get, I'm, I'm like really thinking that. And she's like trying to like make us like real money. Yeah. And, and I'm trying, you know what I mean? No, and I'm totally... just obsessing over like this one part and whether I need another delay pedal or not. It's just stupid, yeah. man. We're a couple of idiots, man. That's <laughs> Total dummies over here. Um, well, dude, I enjoyed having you on the phone. Um, we chat, um, probably, we probably need to chat more often. Um, but for being on the podcast, even though you're not technically in the capital region area, you were here, you definitely have a feel for it. Um, and I just, I enjoyed talking to you about music cause I don't have that many musicians on, um, since like, um, Steven, who was the last person I had that was a musician, uh, yeah, oh, no, yeah. Laura, Laura's a musician. Um, uh, but we no talked about like all kinds of art, but I didn't get a chance to talk to somebody specifically about making music. Um, Will you do me a favor and do like the shout out for where people can find your stuff and you know that whole rundown? But like, you can find me on Instagram and you can find me on Facebook and Spotify and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, okay. Like all of my all of my socials are just at Medical Morning. Okay, because um, that's like um, so. Instagram is great. I mean, Facebook is great. Twitter is the best, but nobody ever uses it. I'm, I'm like the I'm only person. Yeah. I'm like the only person alive who's still on Twitter, but that's my favorite place to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but as far as like music goes, like all of the streaming places have it. Like there's, you can YouTube it. I don't care. It's just medical morning. Uh, the EP is ghost riot. So. Very cool. So what's your, uh, what's the next thing? What do you got going on next? Is it another uh, EP or are you looking at a different project? Well, I'm going to finish this EP because I finish things. Oh, and, nice. <laughs> yeah. nice. Okay. I, I really, I'm really having a, a hard time, but I'm going to finish them pretty soon. It's my goal. And then honestly, David, I might make a metal record. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. I'm down. You know, I'd love um, to hear it. Yeah. I, I don't, 
Yeah. I don't know exactly what kind of metal. It won't be like metal core with like Cookie Monster stuff. Okay. But um, I definitely listen to a lot of that. And so I don't know. That sounds like fun to put it out. And there's there's like a whole community of like underground metal people mm-hmm. who like have no they have no interest in like your social media they have no interest in whatever Very cool. and i just like that just like makes me happy and so i think that i could it you know what i mean anyway yeah, i yeah. guess what i'm saying is i don't know honestly but right now it looks like i might make a metal record after right, this. right well that's awesome well now it's on uh recording it's gonna be on the internet yeah, so you gotta yeah. stick to it uh, we'll commitment. see yeah yeah all right, man. Well, I uh, appreciate being on. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out sure. for anyone listening. You can find us on uh, at Volcare Gallery on Instagram, at Volcare Gallery on Facebook. And then if you want to email us, it's at uh, – well, not at. Obviously, it's um, Volcare uh, Art Gallery at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to leave a comment, anything like that, you're more than welcome. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed Travis. Um, and uh, I'm sure I'll have you back on, I'm assuming. Uh, most likely. I hope so. Um, we should probably do a whole entire podcast, like a Volcare podcast, about um, conspiracy theories. Because there's a ton I want to talk to you about <laughs> that oh, I've been reading. <laughs> um, and since we're going through uh, okay. a pandemic, I think conspiracy theory would be great. I just got to figure out a good Volcare segment for conspiracy theories. And so... So I can separate it. So when people are like, I want to listen to uh, talks about art and other artists, um, maybe I should just tie like art into conspiracies. Like we'll do like the Denver airport, like the big mural in there or something like that. Um, And then just kind of weed that into more conspiracy theories. What do you think? Uh, You know what? The Denver airport is not a thing I know a lot about. So I'd have to do research on that one. Well, you know about the, the, the mural, like the big art mural. Yeah. No, I know the stuff that exists. Like I know about the murals. I know about the, the giant blue horse. You know what I mean? I know about, I just like, in order to have a whole podcast about it, I don't know enough. Now I think about, there's been actually a lot of art involved in conspiracy theories. Cause there was that, um, the Jeffrey Epstein, 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 Epstein piece of like uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, that was a piece of art, and so there's a lot in there. We could. Uh, that is not a thing I know about. You so. don't know. All right, never mind. We'll save that no. for the next podcast. We'll do an okay. entire because I know you're big into conspiracy theories, and we used to talk about this all the time. We'll do a whole art conspiracy theory. Uh, podcast for Volcare where we just talk about how art is involved. Um, I know a lot about that. Matter of fact, I'm, I, did, I can't believe I haven't thought about this before, but I know a lot about <laughs> art and uh, and conspiracies combined. So this should okay. this should work wow. out really good. And so I'll have you back on and we'll just chat about that because it gets real weird real fast. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks, and I will. Uh, I'll, I'll holler at you later. Cool. I'll talk to you later. Man. All right, later. Bye. Bye.